The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie-care.com to learn more. That's prairie-care.com. Hello there, my friends, and a big welcome into this episode of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. My name is Brian, and welcome in. Welcome in. Great to great to have you here. Um, as always, in the midst of whatever you're navigating out there, whatever's going on in the mind, the body, the the being that is you today. Um, we create space for it and welcome you into this episode and just so glad that you're here. Um, today on this episode, we have um, Dr. Anastasia Ristow joining us. And I had Dr. Ristow on an episode about a year ago that focused on talking about therapy, how to find a therapist, how to step into the process, how to maneuver it. Um, and so I'm putting the, I'm going to put a link to that episode in the show notes of this one. If you have not had a chance to go back and listen to that, um, really, really helpful episode there that, um, loved having Dr. Ristow a part of, and we're having her back this week to, to talk about the beauty of, of life's contrasts and the value of all the contrasts that, that come with life. And so that was kind of the, the entry point into this conversation and something that I think Dr. Ristow and, and myself are figuring out that, that when we get together, we kind of just let the conversation flow where it goes. And so this conversation kind of veers all over the place, but I hope that uh, it, it's one that serves you in some way and there's something that you can take away from it to to help you moving forward. So um, Dr. Ristow works at Prairie Care and she is a therapist there. She is also the director of psychotherapeutics and just a lovely human being. So let's go ahead and, and begin this chat with Dr. Anastasia Ristow. Thank you for being here and for, yeah. for joining the podcast. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. Excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to diving into this conversation and um, the beauty of life's contrasts. What a, what an awesome topic for, for all of us really, right? Like we all experience the, the, the contrasts of life. Um, I know this was a topic that you brought up a while ago when we were t- kind of discussing different topics. What about this 
do you think is so important to talk about? Uh, One of the, I think, biggest things front and center for my clinical mind, as well as just me as a person in the life that I live and experience, when I thought about this idea was just noticing really a pervasive, and I don't mean that to sound so judgmental, but like this, this pervasive pattern, at least in our society, in our culture and country of um, people endlessly seeking to feel a certain way or to be a certain way or to like reach a certain state of being and stay there. Mm. And if they're not feeling a certain way or they feel like they're not living the life that everybody else is living or whatever, then, then the, the sense is that instead they're not where they want to be and they, they feel like they're in a struggle or things aren't, Mm. um, things aren't how they should be or whatever. And I mean, ultimately I feel like there's so many, and I primarily work with kids and teenagers and their families. um, But I think this is true for us as adults as well. So many of us are trying to numb strong feelings are trying to get ourselves out of these moments of strong feelings are trying to like get to a place where we just feel happy and content. Um, And then we feel like there's something wrong with us or wrong with our life when we're not. Mm. So what occurs to me on a regular basis as a clinician and as a parent and as a friend and as a wife and as a like sister, et cetera, et cetera, is gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could all just become a little bit more grateful for and accepting of all of the spice and flavor that some of the extremes give us good, bad, or ugly, but also the gradients in between what that can give us the spice and beauty of life that lives and resides in all of those spaces. Yeah. And when we try to like numb or shorten or escape from or avoid or dampen anything that feels uncomfortable, because even really good things can feel uncomfortable that we do ourselves a disservice. Yeah. Yes. What I'm, what I'm hearing in there is, it's almost like we've been led to believe that being human, if we're doing it right, means we just feel good all the time. Like yes. we're like we're just locked into this state of feeling good. And then any anything that strays from that or moments where we're sad or we're angry or any of those other quote unquote negative emotions is some sign of something's wrong with us or this is bad. Yeah. And I think it's perpetuated by all of the everything that we are fed from media, social media to the surface kind of observation of other people, um, TV, whatever, like we, it's perpetuated. It's like, we, we feel like, well, the evidence is everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm 
always feels like they belong somewhere, always feels like they have happiness or joy or there are lots of people in their corner or whatever. And here I am feeling lonely and isolated or here I am feeling sad or, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out about this, but nobody else is freaking out about this. I have two middle school age kids. And let me tell you, like, this is a conversation that's on the regular for that stage of life, you know, where your brain is like, yeah, I'm the only one that feels this way, but, um, but it's important to just know that that's what you're, what you're observing is not actually the reality. And, and, you know, yeah, there's value in those times when we don't have that perfect everything, when we're not happy or not content or not whatever. Yeah. 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 Cause it, it, it feels like society tells us like, no matter what you're feeling, just put on a smile and go out there and just pull it together and do the thing, you know? And so that is what most people are projecting to the world, but that doesn't mean that that's in alignment with what they're actually experiencing internally. So I think it creates that dynamic of, I might be feeling awful inside and yet I kind of feel this like pressure, like, oh, but I have to like be all happy and upbeat and joyful to the world because that's what we're like supposed to be. But the reality is, is like, we're all kind of doing that to an extent. So it creates that illusion of everybody else is good. Why am I not good? Why am I struggling so much? Yeah. And and I think it's additionally tricky too, because, um, you know, there is, I mean, there's evidence that tells us this too, that there is actually some reality behind the notion of if I, if I behave this way, I will start to feel this way. So yeah. sometimes if I'm struggling with depression, I, I actually will start to feel better if I can smile more and if I can kind of align myself around other people who are exuding joy and happiness. Like there is that there's, there's some truth to that. Absolutely. And I'm here to say there's also truth and value to before you go into that mode, knowing that when you're feeling depressed or sad or lonely or upset or whatever, that moment is important too. Hmm. Like we don't have to feel like we're doing something wrong or we're a failure or we're not good enough or whatever, Mm -hmm. just because we're feeling that or just because we're experiencing that. Yeah. We don't have to rush to like hurry up and, you know, or like fake it completely and not, not, you know, it's, I would not recommend that we just like, totally stay in the space of authenticity with every single person that we meet either. You don't, that's not going to help you either. So, you know, there's, there's value to like picking and choosing and all of that, but yeah, Yeah. I don't know. And, And the other side of it too, that, that I was thinking about that I wanted to mention is that I think we forget, um, or maybe we don't, some of us don't know that as human beings, we are designed, our biology is designed to um, seek kind of the homeostasis is the fancy word, but like the stability, the like the kind of staying of the course status quo 
And at the same time, we are designed to get a great bit of benefit when that changes. Mm. So it makes sense to me that we're seeking to like try and figure out how to be happy all the time. But if you're actually happy all the time and you're in that, that's your normal state, it's actually not going to feel as good after a while. Yeah. Which is kind of weird and hard to think about. So if you don't have moments where things aren't great, yeah, then that norm becomes less powerful and less rewarding and less yeah. valuable. I don't know. Which kind of that. speaks to the, absolutely it does. So it kind of speaks to the, the contrasts that mm -hmm. maybe you're not going to feel and be able to truly appreciate the, the emotions of joy and happiness and, you know, all those, those things that, that do feel really, really good if we haven't felt and experienced the pain and the suffering of life as well. Is that yeah. Yeah. kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, like if I'm on a roller coaster, an amusement park ride roller coaster, mm -hmm. but it's a roller coaster that's, that's like flat, but it's yeah. got really beautiful scenery, amazing scenery, mountains, lakes, whatever is amazing to you. Mm -hmm. You're going to like, be like, this is amazing for a little bit. And then yeah. after a while, it's going to start to feel dull. And then out of nowhere, that roller coaster takes a dip. Mm -hmm. scares the heck out of you. And yeah. now you're like, where are we going? What's going on? And then all of a sudden now you're climbing one of those mountains and then you're going to drop again. What's going to happen is mm. when you have now again, a moment after that dip and that rise, and now you're kind of back to that level roller coaster, you're going to appreciate what's going on around you in a different way entirely. Mm. And you're going to mm. get a, get a like good boost of, serotonin a good boost of dopamine a good boost of adrenaline like all the things that our bodies are designed to give us when yeah. unexpected changes happen yeah there's value to that i love that metaphor and i and so my question for you would be like when we're in those dips at least speaking from my own experience it's almost not that it's like the dip itself that is so hard to maneuver. I mean, it's hard. It's bringing up things in the body and the mind that are really, really hard. And yet I know for me, it's usually the fear that I'm going to be in this dip for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like this dip is never going to end. And it's like always this like projecting into the future of, I feel this way right now. What does that mean for how I'm going to show up five minutes from now, 10 minutes from now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? Like it, it feels like my life is going to feel like this forever. And so there's almost this like element of trusting that there's going to be a level ground somewhere off in the future. But how do we, how do we, how do we take care of ourselves in those dips when it does become really, really, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel this way forever. I mean, that is, that is the hardest time for so many of us i would almost say universally you know yeah. when you're when you're when you're in the down and with blinders on yeah anybody can do anything for a certain amount of time mm -hmm. when you know you can predict somewhat that it's going to end soon mm -hmm. or when it's going to end 
Um, and that's why there's strategies sometimes if, if you have a really, let's say, competitive athlete or you're doing something way out of your comfort zone and it's time limited, you can kind of get yourself through that because you know, just got to get through this next 12 hours or whatever it is. But those, those periods of darkness, emotional darkness, sometimes, many times are not so predictable and it's hard. And, and I love what you said is how do we tap into then finding that side of ourselves that can trust that this is part of the normal ebb and flow of what it means to be human. And sometimes those dips are painfully low and sometimes yeah. the raises are painfully high, yeah. scary high. Yeah. And how do we get to like that state of letting go and accepting all of what comes with the, the extremes knowing that at any blink of an eye, the course may start to shift and change. Yeah. Um, I, this is like an analogy that will forever remain important for me. And I learned it from a teenager that I worked with many years ago who gave me permission to talk about it. Um, of course I don't identify them or anything, but <laughs> Uh, so powerful. And I, so I want to share it here. Um, this person was in the depths of chronic, as long as they could remember depression, like serious, severe depression, more often than not, just mm -hmm. feeling in that, you know, depth of it. And, and we were talking one day and she was like, when is this ever going to end? Like, how am I going to know that I'm starting to move out of, out of this? Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about grappling that with that and how hard that can be. And, and, and then we were talking about different ways, like, well, how do you know that you're in it? What does it feel like when you're in it? Let's start there. And she said, you know, Dr. A, when I'm really depressed, it's, it's kind of like I'm in this deep well. And she's like, no, I've never actually been in a deep well. But if I were to imagine I were in a deep well and a well without water, so like an old dried well, I'm at the bottom there and I look up and I can see nothing but darkness. I can't even really see the wall around me. I can't see the different jagged edges. And, and the well that I'm thinking about has little stones that maybe the bricks come out a little bit where I can, if I feel for it, I can step one foot up and I can slowly kind of work my way up and She's like, mm -hmm. you know, I think about therapy. You're kind of like, you know, if you go rock wall climbing and there's the harness that they put on you and then there's the person that stands there and holds the harness, mm -hmm. you're like the harness. Mm. And therapy is like the actual harness around me, but you're like the person holding it. But I'm in the well and you've got me on the harness. So you're helping me like find the strength and find what I need to, to hold on to, to grab, to climb. But I can't see where the well ends, but you mm -hmm. can. And she mm -hmm. was like, it's so weird because like I can take one or two steps up and then all of a sudden I can see a glimmer of light up there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know really what it's going to be like, how strong that light is, what I'm going to see when I get out of that well, but I know I'm getting closer. And, and she said, you know, I just 
can't tell you how hard and awful it is to not know when I'm going to see the end of the well. Because even knowing that it's close fuels me and propels me and helps me. Yeah. Like helps me get what I need to get out. And then when I get out, how do I not sit and worry and wonder when I'm going to fall back in? Yeah. But like that, and that to me captures what, you know, so many experience maybe I don't want to speak for other people but we can't see where that well ends sometimes but it does end and we don't know is it going to be this next step is it going to be the next slip is it going to be the next what is it you know when like it's literally the blink of an eye we might see the light yeah at the end of the tunnel you know the light at the top of that well there's Yes. It's and a couple of things from that that really resonate at least for me is it's not about always going from the bottom of the well maybe to out of the well in one step. It's gradual one moment, one step at a time that just kind of gets us a little bit closer maybe to that. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> It's almost like that kind of notion of like, just what's the next right step? We don't need to know what the 10th step from now is. It's just what's the next right step for me. And that might be getting myself out of bed (laughs) or taking a shower or texting a friend or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if we try to think of life too much as like, I need to get from point a bottom of the well to out of the well right away it's going to feel really daunting yes it's kind of like a, a a series of smaller steps and and also the importance of our people around us mm-hmm. when we're in those really really dark places yeah yeah i mean i i recently um learned about some research out there that shows in terms of depression and suicidal thought that um, one research study found that simply hearing from somebody in your life that they're thinking about you, Mm. especially in the form of like a card or a postcard, or I would Mm. presume even a text, but something as simple as, hey, I'm thinking about you. Increases a person's chances of, you know, moving away from those suicidal thoughts. It, it's protective. And it's and I think that the the, the conversation around connection is so um, so multi layered. At least for me, I know because I I, I know if, when we're in those really dark places, it's like what we need the most is connection. And yet, I find it's one of the hardest things, at least for me, to reach out to. Oh, and, yeah. and, and and allow somebody to see me in that in that way. Yeah. But well, and it, it requires energy, it requires mental effort, it requires physical effort, like the absolute last things that you want to do or that you feel like you have available to you when you're in those really dark moments. But yeah. that's where the harness comes in, you know, whatever the har- yeah. harness might be. It could be all kinds of things. It doesn't have to be just therapy yeah. or whatnot. Um, and that's also where I think, um, 
you know, you think about all the, all the steps that you talked about, like one step at a time or whatnot. Sometimes part of that journey is also taking that breath and knowing someday could be five minutes from now. It could be an hour from now. It could be tomorrow. But when this path starts to shift, I'm going to notice things differently and I'm going to feel so grateful for like being Mm -hmm. out of this or Mm -hmm. moving out of this. Like, again, we kind of get back to that contrast of in it. It's hard to, I think, appreciate that contrast, but once you come through it, get out of that well, come through the tunnel, come to that more stable part of the roller coaster, whatever it might be, you know, is there a way that we can fill our bank up as much as possible during those times to recognize and understand what we've just been through Yeah, has been with purpose, meaning, value, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even more than okay. Like that's, that's important. Yeah. Cause there's not to put rose colored glasses on it, but there's a lot of learning and growth and expansion in the well. Right. Yes. I mean, it really is like where I know it's where I I've, I feel like it's where we do really deep work on ourselves is learning how to get ourselves out of the well and, and how to, how to move through those really uncomfortable spaces. And, um, sometimes I wish life wasn't like that. (laughs) Be nice if it didn't, if it didn't have to work like that, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of learning and growth in those, in those really tough times. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, if we didn't have those tough times, I don't, why would we put ourselves through the pain and challenge and hardship of change of growth? Yeah. You know, like it's, it's one of the hardest things of being a human is changing and growing mm-hmm. and evolving and mm-hmm. it's, cause it's uncomfortable. But if, if you're always sort of content or happy why would you put yourself through that? So you you become stagnant. Yeah. You don't grow, you don't evolve, you don't, you know, in the ways that are maybe meaningful to you. So it's so, it's just, um, it feels a little unfair though, Mm -hmm. putting it lightly that, you know, why is it that we have to be tossed in the well or stuck Mm -hmm. in the well of, all of that in order to do the good stuff, to get to the good stuff. As as you've been talking, something that I find is this, this concept of not latching on mentally too much to whatever emotion I'm experiencing, because I think it can happen on both ends of the spectrum. I think with, really difficult, hard, painful emotions like sadness or grief or whatever it might be, um, loneliness, there can be that. There's a difference between feeling those things in my body and the all the stories that my mind wants to tell me about those things. Mm. Like 
I'm mm-hmm. feeling lonely in my body or I'm feeling sad in my body. Like sitting with that sensation is one thing, but what really gets me in trouble, right? Is like when my mind starts jumping in with, you're going to feel this way forever. Like this means there's something wrong with you. This, you know, you did this to yourself, like all the like negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And I think on the other end of the spectrum, feeling joy that can feel really, really beautiful in my body. And then yet there's also still that like mind thing that can come in where it's like, oh my gosh, I, I want to latch onto that and keep that forever too. But the more that I like latch onto it and try to keep it around longer, it kind of goes away quicker, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I, there's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, as, and as somebody who really, I resonate a lot with just like mindfulness practices and all of that, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a real journey in all of this, I think, in just allowing what is to be and not overly attaching to any, whatever emotion we're experiencing. Yeah. I mean, on point, I, you know, when you're, when you're in those really hard times, the, for me, at least the story often becomes like, what if this never ends? Is this as good as it gets? Oh no. Right. Like, ugh. Yep. What's the point if this is what it's going to be? My gosh, this is horrible. Or when you're in those really, really good high moments, I hope this never ends. This is amazing. And in both cases, what is the only thing that is predictable that we can absolutely trust and count on is that both of those things are going to end. Both of those mm. things are going to change. I don't even like to say end. They're going yeah. to morph. They're going to shift. It's not possible for either one of those to stay for a super length of time. Like, mm-hmm. it's not possible. Mm-hmm. So what mindfulness does that I love is, and it's like super hard even for those who it's all they do every day for their years and years and years, you know, but yeah. What it does for us, what it can do for us is allow us to get what we need. I was almost going to say, take what serves us. (laughs) There you go. But I mean, get what we need from from those, whatever it is, and then also get what we need from all of the in-betweens and know Mm -hmm. that it's all okay and none of it's like... None of it should be forever. I wouldn't totally. want it to be forever. Totally. The spice what? of life to have all the in-betweens. Yeah. The, it, it, life. There's, um, yeah, there's, we're almost led to believe that it's kind of a either or thing. Either I'm sad or I'm happy. Either I'm, yeah. you know, lonely or I'm connected or it's like there's so many so many gradients in between right gradients in between it's like everything is a spectrum yeah truly i think so many things are on a spectrum and so when we get naturally like it of it's very natural and normal to get sucked into that mentality of is this ever going to end or i hope this never ends you know, mm-hmm. when that happens, can we take a breath and shift that just a little bit to, you know, this is where I am right now. I'm curious. Yeah. 
what the next shift will be. I'm curious yep. where this will go. I'm yep. curious when this will go. Yeah. And doesn't it seem like the more that we can embrace or make space for whatever we're feeling in the moment instead of trying to change it into something that it's not that there's a lot of power in that i think that's when like we can really settle into the flow of life yeah if that makes sense yeah and i know like all this stuff that i'm saying sometimes probably sounds like so much easier said than done because it is but but it's just through my you know my own journey it's like the more that i can be like man i'm feeling sad or i'm feeling confused and overwhelmed and there's shame and like all that stuff is going on it's it's just like the more that i can like try to create space for that in my body the more present i can be with my life Mm -hmm. you know the more that i try to go down the rabbit hole of oh but i don't want to feel this way i want to feel this way and i'm trying to like mentally force it it actually keeps me further away from where i want to be yeah you know it it does i mean it cheats it cheats us yeah out of so many things and i mean it, it you know the the old cliche that you know like it or not i mean that speaks to this of like it's better to have loved and been loved and lost than to have not loved at all or you know like mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. like you, if we don't if we're not willing to take the risk of being hurt mm emotionally in order to experience all of the other pieces that can come with it, then we cheat ourselves of all of it. So yes, I can protect myself from being hurt or in pain or feeling grief or loss by just Mm -hmm. not ever allowing myself to be known or allowing myself to connect with somebody. But now I also rob myself of the, experience of the joy that comes from being known and still loved unconditionally yeah in that moment yeah but unconditional love doesn't mean yeah. things are rose-colored glasses you know all the time right. or whatever but well yeah it's like that kind of that principle that we can't really necessarily pick and choose what emotions we feel uh-huh. it's it's you know if we just say i only i it, it's not like a maybe not so much like a shopping list where we can be like, I'm going to like sign up for that. And I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to leave everything else on the, on the shelf. Like it's, it's kind of a, in a way, like our emotions are kind of an all or nothing thing. Maybe like it's, you know, we, we lean into the, the, the whole array of it, or I don't know if maybe that's not true, but. Well, I mean, just... what it's making me think about though is like, it's not even as uh, clean cut as we're, we're talking about, you know, cause mm-hmm. we're also, I think we're both kind of talking about this in a way as if it's one feeling at a time, mm. mm-hmm. you know, I, and so we you were talking about like, gosh, we, we seem to have this notion that it has to be either this or that and all the gradients in between are really important. So gosh, we, it'd be really helpful for us to shift and think about all of that. And, let's go ahead and add some more complexity to complexity to it by like recognizing rarely do we feel just one thing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
you can have different flavors at the same time. I mean, I work with kids, so sometimes we talk about it. There's a book about this too, where double dipped feelings, um, taking an ice cream cone and dipping it twice or three times into, if you had a dip cone before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. You, have you ever double dipped it where they dip it in chocolate and then cherry? I have not. I bet that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> the best. Or, or chocolate and butterscotch, whatever. Anyway, yeah. point is, gosh, I can be grieving and have moments of joy. Yeah. I can be, I was going to swear. I can. You can swear. Stupid. You can swear if you want. I can be pissed off. Yeah. I don't know if that's swearing. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, well, I yeah. can be super angry and feel love for someone. Yes. So it's just not that clean. So true. And if we try to like eliminate that or, cause that's another one where I think sometimes we beat ourselves up because we think it should be all, all in and all this or all that. Like if I'm in, in that, whatever the well might be of mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's, normal to have fleeting moments of other things pop in there and sometimes those are many times those things are just as important if not more so to help us continue kind of the journey it's all part of that gradient As we start to kind of wrap up here, I, I th- you brought up something early on in this conversation that I think is so, so huge. And I know it's something that um, I'm kind of always toying with in my own life is this concept of, yes, creating room and space for myself to feel my emotions and not fight them. And also taking action in my life to move my life forward into a hel- into a direction that feels authentic for me. Mm-hmm. and kind of moving through it because mm-hmm. sometimes you know to use the well analogy I don't necessarily just want to sit at the bottom of the well and not do anything and just kind of let my emotions completely consume me and then I'm lost in my emotions mm-hmm. and so um is there anything you would want to say about that just kind of what that dance looks like of feeling creating space for it and also you know, leaning into some of those behaviors that can help move us in a, in a direction that we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great both. And, you know, right. It's, and really easy to simplify these things. And, and we don't want to do that because that, you know, I don't yeah. want somebody to hear, hear this in, in a different way than we intend. But if we continue with that analogy, if you think about it, it's not, it's going to take you two or three times as long to get out of that well if you never take a break to recharge and refuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just sit at the bottom of the well in your space, even if you're doing all the things of like practicing mindfulness and listening for all the sounds and tuning into all the senses and like all the things, that's not going to get you out of the well either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's a doing. Um, so maybe that wasn't a good example, but like the, what you're doing and how you're doing matters. And there's, there's a variety of ways often that we, um, would need to combine 
different. I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought just a tiny bit. But like if you're no, down you're at the bottom of that well, yeah, and you just sit, you're not helping yourself get out of the well. If you go, 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 you're you're maybe making progress, but that progress is going to be slower. So the yes and is finding, knowing mm. that, being present, accepting, um, resisting the urge to judge and categorize and like forecast when you don't really know how or what to forecast. None of resisting mm. the urge for all of those things is important. And once you've recharged or taken a moment to kind of refuel, whatever that might mean, mm-hmm. it's also important to have segments of time where you're taking action, where yeah. you're leaning on your resources, where you're whatever it might be, they might be micro steps. Mm-hmm. Every micro step counts too. Yeah. So, and then pausing along the way to recharge yeah. and refuel. Yeah. And knowing that yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if I that gets that. at what you were thinking. Absolutely. About, but... It does. No, absolutely. It yeah. does. I, I just think it, um, I just know that I, I, I think, I think sometimes it can be really easy as a human being to sit around and wait for um, things to feel perfect or to feel only good emotions in order to take action in our life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes getting, I don't know, like getting to the other contrast of life when we're in those really dark places um, requires some action, right? And and that's, and that's yeah. such a dance when we're, because it's hard. It's really, really hard when things feel really difficult and when we're really depressed and all of that. It's kind of feels like the last thing that we want to do. And yet I think sometimes taking action in the midst of what we're experiencing can really help us just kind of move ourselves a little bit closer to getting up that well. Yeah. And alternatively, if we're taking action and we feel like we're just spinning our wheels, and we're not seeing the progress or we're not seeing the difference or we still can't, like we're still feeling like we're in the dark. Mm-hmm. Sometimes leaning in on somebody else to do the heavy lifting for you or with you or pausing to mm-hmm. to, to be present yeah, and be in that space is yeah. the action that's needed. Yeah. Right. Sometimes the action is the inaction. And so it's just, uh, and then it could literally be the blink of an eye and you don't even know it, but now the sun is shining in a different way and you see the light (laughs) that it's not that far and you're almost there. You know, it could be as simple as one person that you don't know with that kind, compassionate face looking at you getting your eyes, looking in your soul and smiling at you and letting you know that you exist and that you matter and that you're here, you know? Yeah. Those are the things that can be the micro steps out of that well, too. And I think um, for anybody listening to this, I know we can't physically look people in the eyes, but I hope that this episode can be um, an opportunity for you to hear that you do matter and that... um, no matter what you're experiencing out there, no matter where you're at on the roller coaster ride or wherever, um, if you're, you know, if you're finding yourself in that well, um, you matter. And, um, you know, really hope that, that there's something from this conversation that um, serves you moving forward. And I uh, ultimately, right, we're all just kind of on this journey of life that doesn't really make sense all the time. <laughs> 
and yet, yeah. and thank and yet, goodness, it, right, right. I mean, I'm glad it doesn't always make sense because guess I what? Know. That gives us lots of flavor and lots of contrasts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I think what I I know I can speak for myself, like. I have been in some really dark places and I've also been in some really beautiful places in my life. And then they, they ebb and they flow, you know, like one of the, one of the cool things that I do at night is I, I have a gratitude journal where every night I I write down like one thing that, um, that I'm grateful for from that day. And I think it's such a beautiful practice to like recognize that, man, there's so many moments that, like I never would have guessed would be on the horizon sometimes, right? When things feel really, really hard. Like it's that reminder that life just continues to happen and yeah. and the roller coaster does shift direction as we as we journey ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, heading on this part of the journey with me today. That's good. Thank you. As always, a huge thank you to Dr. Ristau for joining the the episode this week. You're going to be hearing a lot more from her moving forward as uh, as part of this this partnership that I'm so grateful for with this podcast and Prairie Care. Um, every month we have somebody different from Prairie Care coming on the the podcast, and um, definitely going to be hearing much more from from her in in the year ahead. So very, very grateful for that. So my friends, hope that this conversation served you in some way. As always, take what serves you, add it to your toolkit, your tool belt, whatever you want to call it, and and just go ahead and, and leave the rest and be gentle with you out there. One moment at a time, we journey ahead and I will talk to you all very soon. Also, just a reminder that this podcast is not meant to replace work with a therapist. And so if you feel you need it, I encourage you to reach out to a trained mental health professional. All right, we'll talk soon.